Yes, okay, welcome back. It's that time of the the day, it's that time of the week, it's that time of the month, it's 2021, you are wherever you are, and I am right here to help you through this. Uh, this is Band on Band, this is the second episode of the year. Thanks for sticking with us, thanks for, for, for listening to all the previous episodes, if you're new. It's a simple concept, it's uh, BSM bands and friends talking about their favorite BSM bands, past and present. In this episode, we have Ben from the amazing Alpha Male Tea Party, and uh, he is talking to us about another great math rock band, Axes. Enjoy the chat. Hello, Ben. Welcome to Band on Band. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I am poor. I'm knackered. Utterly knackered. But, uh, you know, otherwise cannot complain the the best way to start a podcast explaining how tired you are <laughs> how tired and how little i have to give uh, <laughs> but no we're going to talk about a band i absolutely love so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna you know kick into sort of uh backup energy and really you know the reserves are things into gear so yeah exactly you picked axes which yes i did a surprise pick no one's picked them yet so i always like it when someone has it when someone picks someone who's not being picked yet so um when did when did you discover axes how did you feel how was that experience because they are they are quite a uh, earful to listen to they're an experience they are an experience that's a great um uh a great word to use to describe them so i uh, when i first joined uh alpha melty party um, I I wasn't really aware of math rock. I was only I was aware of Alpha Male Tea Party, and that was kind of it. And then the first my first set of proper shows with ANTP was a four day run with Axes, and the first gig was in Hartlepool of all places, um, a real hub of, of of math rock, a real hub, a thriving hub of 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 nothing it would seem um but um at the time anyway in my opinion yeah. but i remember tom raving about them because he, he produced the first ep and uh so i was like all oh, right okay and then they, they they played and there was about you know next to fucking no one in the room but they just they lit up they lit up the whole place they lit up like they, they lit up my life in that like half an hour 40 minutes set. i was like this is this is sexy, this is intricate, this is like invigorating all at once. I was like, what the fuck? I'm glad I'm going on tour with these and I can see them three more times in a row. Um, so that was my first experience of them. They, um, they definitely have that sort of uh, musical audacity, I call it, where you just, mm. there's those sort of bands that will, no matter where they're playing, will wow everyone who's there even if it's like two people or two mm. people but I, I always got that when i um I, i've never seen them live but i got that from mm. the from the record um glory when i listened mm. to that for the first time i guess like that is i mean I, like i said i've never seen them live but i can imagine the pure i, I mean talent is the only word that i can seem to mm. seem to think about how what was it like sort of witnessing that in, in the flesh and then subsequently watching them, I, I, I guess, play the same set four nights in a row and 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's mad because it's like it's so full of charisma. They're, they're so full of charisma. So you've got like Gion, who just exudes this sexual energy that you know men, women, and children instantly fall in love with him. Um, he's just Ah, he's, ah, he's, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. And then you've got Paul, who is just a bundle of, like, sugar. Just a bundle of sugar kind of, and just kind of constantly moving. Um, and then you've got Stacey sort of keeping everything grounded. Her and Al just keeping, keeping the ship sailing. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute oral delectation. It really is that you you just kind of um, you can't help but love them because they're even like you said before pneumonia having like you know even if they only played to two people in the room it, it's I think a lot of it transcends that for them it's about the pure joy of them playing together because like you, when they play together it just looks like it might not be but it looks like that's the only thing they want to do in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's when you see a band like that, when you see a whole band, because sometimes you see a band and it's like the drummer's having the time of his life, but the guitarist would rather be fucking doing anything else. But with them, it's like the four of them, that's all they want to do. And woe betide if you get in that way. Yes, it, I, I get that. I get that feeling with a lot of math rock bands, especially when they're... Mm. I, I feel like... I mean, I remember watching, I mean, back at Arc Tangent, watching a plethora of math rock bands that seem to, mm. on, on one hand, be like enjoying that they're on stage and performing for people and people getting mm. out of it. But you could almost see that they're all looking at each other being like, we're shit hot. You get that occasionally at Arc Tangent. I think, um, uh, you know, in, a, in something that might end up proving an unpopular comment, um, I think, I mean, I think they're miles above most math rock bands personally, um, because they've they've got they've got huge like it's, the music is full of character and it's full of um, it's not just being technical for the sake of being technical, which um, I've never been into, and I won't name bands who are like that because that's just slacking bands. Yeah. But there's a lot of bands who who do the technical stuff and forget to write a tune, or they forget to kind of really put themselves into the song because it's as a being in a math band who you know what math and very commas who don't a band who don't sing very much. Um, it's it, you know how you portray your character and your personality is a lot more difficult than than I think for a band who sings because you know you've got a band who if a band sings and like um is it La Dispute you've got is it La Dispute or Touche More am I think of I'm not mad into those two bands but one of those bands has got I know they've got an album about is it stage four? Oh yeah touche um touche right so I've got that stage four now that tell you know, when you listen to um, they're not my favorite band um but when you listen to that guy sing you like that's all the character all you need to know about that person in that one record even Christ even one tune you know everything about that but you know you, but with a math with instrumental bands it's a lot harder to do that but I think axes like pour every scene you have character into into what they do I could talk forever about that band <laughs> well you're in the right place I guess <laughs> it, I, I agree it's, it's almost like the, um, the the traditional like sort of melody lines that you would get from a vocalist has to be sort of absorbed by 
the instrumentation and sort of how those instruments feed off each other. Um, I think in in Glory specifically, I think they do that they do that really really well. Um, but they've obviously got the self titled record before. Out of the two, do you um, what would you say is your the one that you enjoy the most and why? Uh, Glory, but that's not to say the EP isn't without its moments because because it's, it's like one of those that it, it sort of sets you at a particular po- uh, sort of point in time. Mm. So we we toured with them quite a bit around that point, um, and you know there's songs like Fleetwood Math and John Bongella and Wet 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 Wet, which um, classic kind of yeah. Well, they're really really evocative, especially that bit in so Wet 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 where it kind of you know after there's like i don't know let's say 40 seconds of pure sort of chaos and then you've got that almost like sing-along bit that kind of it sort of stokes like the stokes the fires of your heart and um and yeah so but i think the production on glory is 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 stunning it really is it's kind of like um like just little things like the use of different snares or snare tuning for Al, um, especially on a tune like Real Talk, which is a fucking bananas tune, mm. which is, it, it's, yeah, a, a real, uh, just a, a journey of a tune. Uh, but the, yeah, Glory, I think from start to finish, just has um, has a huge amount of character to it. I um, briefly tried a bit of running during the first lockdown, uh, I, I I now know that I I can't stand running. Um, so, but I tried it, and one of the things I sound, tried to soundtrack my running to was Glory, and it was like, and I live um, I live in Wales, and I live in like the mountains of North Wales, <laughs> and sort of like running up the mountain. I mean, I can't really run up mountains. It was an up gentle inclines. Um, but with glory in the background, it was like I was in Rocky Four. Like if you've heard the Rocky Four soundtrack with uh, Hearts on Fire and things like that, you just like you feel yeah, you just you, you get like a huge surge of adrenaline, um, especially with an opener like the one. Um, the one is so 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 cool and so like just the the group the, the the final groove in that uh, it just sits on that one note for like a minute, a minute and a half. And you can't, yeah, it's, 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 a, it, I always think like, do you remember like reading Total Guitar Magazine when you were a kid and there'd always be an interview with the band and say, oh, which song do you wish you'd written? Mm. And, uh, and I always think there's like a couple of ones, but I always think that fucking riff, I wish I'd written that riff. Mm. I can't think of anything cooler. Um, Get away so, from yeah. back in time and, and write that, then the world would be okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, no, it wouldn't be. But I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I think maybe my life would have been, you know, incrementally better, let's say. Yeah, it, w- it would have got you a, 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 a stone-cold 29,000 players on Spotify. Well, yes, exactly. Sorry, I'm just putting a little, um, I've got an enormous grey throw that I'm going to put over me because my heating doesn't kick in for another half an hour. Oh, that's so. <laughs> thing to have. <laughs> you got to yeah got love throws i remember um when i sort of was first discovering sort of like the bsm roster in like oh, 2009 2000 well 2008 9 10 sort of time mm. four axes but what when was that when the first axis ep was what 2013 
2014, because I know, because I joined MTV in 2013, and then they'd recorded it, and Tom produced it, and I think, I think it was, it was on the cusp of 2013, 2014, something yeah. like that. It was that sort of time where, like, it felt like um, that every math, math rock band of weight was coming out on BSM, and that was sort of the same time that Delta Sleep mm. was, was around, and, and, and yourselves were sort of coming up. Was there mm. sort of, like, as someone's who maybe was a little bit more present in that time was it was it interesting to see looking into the genre like how people were relating to the, that music did it feel like a real like time piece or did it feel like it was the starting of something a little bit bigger something that people could get behind in the genre i think so i think with the with the sort of prevalence of our tangent really mm-hmm. our tangent i i think our tangent bsm um you know, a couple of other labels uh, are have been just in, hugely, hugely vital to the lifeblood of bands. Um, even if bands haven't been on BSM, the fact that you've got bands, you know, who are similar to them to kind of pave the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, because our it wasn't until our um, third record health. It's, a, it's always confusing because I'm not on the first one. So yeah, yeah the <laughs> third record. But even even though the album before Droids. You know, you've got bands like, you know, we'd reference and say, oh, you know, we've played with or we like bands like, you know, I know Tom's a huge sort of Tube Lord fan, um, you know, and sort of bands like that. And you kind of sort of helped to pave the way, really. But yeah, I think, I, you know, I didn't know much of the scene prior to 2013, 2014. But at that point, you start to sort of spot these really, uh, so sort of, there starts to be a lot more of them, a lot more bands, and you start to spot the really interesting ones at that point, just because there's more of, more of the bands. And especially for me, who hadn't, you know, hadn't been to the first Arc Tangents, I hadn't, I didn't really know of BSM other than I pulled apart by horses release because um, I was well into them. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it, it was at that, it's at the turning of that kind of when Axes, well, when around about that first EP, 2014, in my opinion, that's where kind of the, the scene blossomed almost, if you will, mm. I think. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I, I was sort of blessed to be in and around what I, what I sort of refer to as the Kingston scene in 2009 to what, 2015, where it felt like, Tube Lords, Me Me In, you know, all that yeah. London sort of math rock was was kicking off and it was it was it was a really nice time to try <laughs> musician as I was going, God, I could I would love to play drums like these people. Never <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um as as a, a musician yourself, obviously, what mm. what is it about Axes that sort of inspires you? What do you what do you draw from them when you as as someone who's who's just recently written and recorded and released a record, what what is it that you draw from from axes? I mean, it's it's you know, you've got things like stagecraft. I mm. think they are like they've got they're a band who without you without you kind of really without it being incredibly um obvious to the naked eye they've got their stagecraft down to just like a fine art and it's like it's not it's not choreographed or anything like that you know although i would really like to see a choreographed stage routine 
uh, with those four. I think it'd be, I think it'd be fucking awesome. I don't know. At one point, they were they were on about doing a lot more poppier kind of stuff, and I was just like, oh, I was like dreaming of some dance routines. But um, I think they just kind of the, the interplay between the four of them, the fact and. That's the kind of thing I don't know. You kind of you developed your you develop your own sort of stage persona or whatever. But like the way you play on stage, you 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 go from it just being I'm on stage. I'm really trying not to forget this riff because it's in a time signature I I can't count. Then you kind of and then when you know when you become more confident with it all, um, you start to think about okay, what well or at least subconsciously you're like what we're gonna what am i gonna do am i just am i gonna be a stand stand and am i gonna be a shoe gazer or am i gonna be a stand or am i gonna be you know whatever but they kind of it's all very natural to them but the interplay between the four of them you'd, you'd see that and you'd be like yeah i want to do more into but i want to kind of you know i want to make it look like we're having a good time because we are having a good time but i want to make it look like we're having a good time so that's you know there's that but it's also the um the fact that because they they uh, technically are you know unbelievable musicians you know but i think it, it you wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't be the first thing that struck you the thing that struck you would be yeah that kind of that interplay that energy but the, the the melody and the fact that they do they're working a lot around sort of major keys to get you know a tiny bit technical they work a lot around major key sort of chord progressions um and a lot of bands who do that um uh, sound quite dull I know, I'm not going to name anyone. I'm not going to slag off an entire genre or anything like that. But it's quite a lot of bands who, who play with minor, uh, major chord progressions, who throw in the occasional minor key, and it just sounds like anyone else. But actually, don't sound like anyone else. Mm. And they're doing these major and minor chord progressions, and you know, w- without it sounding too, they don't go into mad sort of bitonal territories or whatever. They kind of. Um, yeah, I'm rambling a lot. I tend to do that, uh, but they kind of yeah, they play with the they, they just yeah, they um their melodies are very 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 strong, mm. um, yeah, really strong. So there's there's a lot to take. There's a lot to take from. Yeah, I I think they're a a really good band. Are they are they on? Then they, they're either broke. They're not broken up, but I feel like they're on. I can't even remember if they're broken up or if they're one of those on indefinite hiatus sort of groups i don't think they 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 never really ever said i think it just kind of they do they do shows um you know um life life happens like i know a couple of my children um you know but maybe bought houses things like that um they they all do a variety of different kind of uh, music i know stacy and i'll do a having like a stoner sort of stoner doom kind of band um the name escapes me um full twilight uh, it's what's that sorry i just was making a hilarious weed joke saying that they were probably called 420 420 420 blaze it yo yeah that's that's what they're called um that's the that's that band yeah yeah fat bags fat bags that's what they're called uh, <laughs> and then um so then paul's got his human pyramids thing which is utterly glorious from record to record. Um, Gion has a kind of electro dance thing called Brutal Deluxe, which is fucking brilliant as well. And it's just, again, so sexy, so sexy. But, um, but yeah, as to, in terms of being axes, and with Paul, um, Paul 
I know I'm not Paul's mother, but because uh, they because they're mates, because they're very, I'm very fortunate to call them mates. But uh, I know Paul lives up in Glasgow, so the kind of logistics of being a band and operating six hours away from each other means that naturally you're going to come to a bit of a you know, but you're going to slow down a bit. I hope they reconvene and make another record because it'll be fucking ace. But um, there was another track. They put a track on the, um, there's a compilation, uh, a charity compilation for Danwell Beasley, uh, a good oh, four years ago that Ben Forrester at uh, Peaks put out. Um, and they got they had like a, it's like a B-side that was on that, which was called, I think it was called, uh, grab your uh, something like pack your bags, grab your balls, and get ready for the hurricane. I might be paraphrasing that. The, the words hurricane and your balls were in there, and that's fucking awesome too. So, um, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be on some kind of Japanese issue of something, right? Um, Axis, I could be talking out, talking out my ass, but Axes seem like the sort of band that would, would return, play Arc Tangent, and then do a Japanese tour, and that'd be it. Well, like, like Spinal Tap, I think yeah. I think so, um, but with less sort of exploding drummers, I hope, because Al's very nice. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Japanese, ah, they, they would, I think they'd go down really well. And having no prior experience of playing Japan, um, I'm just guessing that they'd go down well in Japan. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm and guessing. From Japan likes axes, let us know if they would go down. <laughs> I'm sure you Please do. I know Paul sells quite a few Human Pyramids records over there, so it's not a far, not a far cry. It's not far Um Well, really? that's, um, that's been band on band. I think what, what I normally do is I like to ask one random question that pops into my head for every guest. Um, but I think mm. rather than that with you, and with, rather than me recording an advert separately, I think this would be a good time to talk about your podcast I've been listening to that a lot lately. I listened to the one with uh, my friend of mine, John Helps. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Uh, a great. I'll let I'll let you explain what your podcast is all about. Well, that's that's very kind of you to advertise another podcast on a podcast. It's getting a bit meta, isn't it? But, yeah, um, isn't it? Blokes talking about a, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. I mean, everyone's got a podcast these days. These days, and. And so have we. Um, so it's the Alpha Melty podcast is called uh, The Long Drive Home. It's all about bands' worst ever gigs. And boy, do we have some corkers uh, from the likes of Yvette Young, from Vancouver. Um, John Helps, as you said, his final story in that um, episode blew my face off. Um, yeah, grim. They're really grim, but it's... It's nice because it, the reason we set it up is because, or the reason we did it was because when you talk like musician to musician, um, no one ever really wants to hear about your best gig. Like, oh, what's your best gig? Because you're like, oh, that's, that's nice. But what you really want to do is trade like war stories and go, oh my God, this time I, um, we've got one coming up with Serena Cherry um, from Svalbard. Um, and she's got some great stories. And we've just done, the most recent one we released was with Richard Jupp, who was the drummer for Elbow. Um, just a pure chance kind of message because our mate Mike Venner had been on that. Uh, uh, no, sorry, had been on his Instagram live. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to, because I love Elbow. Mm. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get him. But he didn't really talk about his worst gigs because he was in Elbow and Elbow were an incredibly successful band for a long time. <laughs> so um, he did talk about Beyonce and in a separate anecdote, Cocaine, 
So it's worth a listen for that yeah. and for those reasons alone. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to do. We haven't uh, what? We haven't got any more lined up just yet. But I mean, um, we uh, there's about what ten or eleven, all in varying degrees of you know absurdity mm. and anecdotes from the guests. A particular favourite of mine is our sound engineer Ben Murray. That's about episode four, just because he's one of the funniest people I know. So that's a really good one. Wow, that is one for people to check out after this episode the long drive home it's on all the usual platforms i'm assuming it certainly is yes it's very good i would recommend you listen to the one with john helps because it's hilarious and it will also make you never want to go on tour <laughs> yeah he's because he, i've we've known john sort of on a, i've known john for a few years he's never told me any of those stories because i don't think we've ever had the time he's either put a show on or we've been two bands playing at a festival so it was like because and i'd heard sort of through the grapevine of if you want to if you want war stories you want john helps and i was like oh like rubbing my hands with glee and yeah brilliant but um thank you very much for for, the, for letting us plug it and yeah. I like, i'm glad that you enjoy it yeah thanks very much for being on band on band and that's pleasure is it and that's that. That is another episode of Band on Band in the books for 2021. Thank you very much to Ben from Alpha Male Tea Party for carving out some time to talk to me about axes. Um, we had a great chat afterwards uh, about some other hilarious tour-related uh, stories. Again, their, their podcast, uh, the Alpha Male Tea podcast, The Long Drive Home, is, uh, is a good listen if you like hearing about uh, terrible shows apart from the elbow episode that we mentioned um also i think it's worth mentioning that alpha male t pie released an album towards the tail end of 2020 called infinity stare and uh it is coming out physically um tomorrow march the 5th so if you are listening to this on march the 4th when this episode is released when you've got a day to wait till it's out then you can get it if you're listening to this in the future then uh, let's hope there's still some available for you to buy uh, as always band on band was hosted by myself conopy laws and edited by the mysterious riff machine listing otherwise known as my good friend oscar stay safe wear a mask wash your hands call your mother then let her put it onto your father so you can have a chat with them and uh, call your friends and uh, have a good day. See you soon. Bye.